When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Um, hey guys, it is now officially midnight. Uh, if you're listening to this, I am at 24 hours of being awake and I am probably very tired. Uh, so I'm going to pretend that we're recording this in the middle of this event. So any stupid shit that I say, uh, I should not be held accountable for. But thank you guys for listening this is episode 100. You all knew what it was going to be. You guys have known what it was going to be since about episode 51. So let's sit down and talk about Monster Squad. All right. In a time 100 episodes before now, Matthew Kelly attempted to rid his life of boredom by creating a horror movie discussion board. He dreamed of it one day becoming a serious, respected podcast that would launch him into success and stardom. Scott Roger and Adam O'Brien came along and blew it. On our 100th episode, we finally lay Matt's dream to its final rest with three words. Wolfman's Gut Nards. We're talking about Monster Squad this week on Horror Movie Night. Uh, this is easily one of my favorite movies, like top five, top ten category there. And this is this is a long-awaited, long-awaited discussion for us. Yeah, we've been putting this off. So, we're talking about Monster Squad. <laughs> we're trying to. God, are we ever trying to. <laughs> all right so we're talking about monster squad uh this has been probably my childhood favorite film uh we recently dropped a bonus episode where i sat down and talked to two of the members of monster squad sean and ryan so now i'm excited for us to finally talk about this movie because this has been like something that's been in the books since like episode five we've been talking about doing monster squad no, we've been talking about doing Monster Squad since we were at a horror club, man. Like, this is five years waiting to talk this shit. And at last we will. This this is like a, one of those real formative ones for you guys. I never saw this when I was younger. This was just something that kind of I, I never 
I don't know. I just kind of passed over it. I never never had the initiative to watch it. Yeah, see, for me, it was a big element was like, and I've talked about it before, I was terrified to watch horror movies. But I found, like, the Universal movies to be, like, fairly safe, like the Frankensteins and the Draculas and stuff like that. Um, so this was, like, that movie that my uncle had gave me because he's like, all right, well, you like those, you'll really like this because it's kind of like the Goonies, but with those monsters that you like. Um, but this is way better than Goonies. Like, it definitely holds up better than Goonies. Well, that's because uh, in the light and the in the h- cold, harsh light of day, the Goonies is actually kind of a shitty movie. <laughs> um, so I do have to give a shout out to the opening of this movie, which I still think is a super sweet opening. Um, and I'm not even talking about, and I'm just talking about the opening credits. Like this, it starts off. I still like iconically remember. Like, I would pop in this VHS tape, and I'd see that Pegasus fly over me to represent that I was about to watch a TriStar movie. And then, you know, the, <laughs> the screen would have the text on it, and then there'd be the lightning crack, and there was that Grim Reaper, like, uh, uh, fucking uh, tombstone, and then that creepy music playing as the camera, like, kind of pans through this graveyard, and it's just, like, an awesome song. It's, the, it's like, a great combination of, like, visuals and music and then we get into like this sweet like period piece Dracula fighting sequence that is fucking awesome. <laughs> now, uh, so so two things. One, I, I had to say that the the vampire bat flying around at the beginning is done much better in Monster Squad than in Bride of Reanimator. Yes. And second of all. <laughs> Um, the, uh... <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's like comparing silver and gold, alright? Like, they're they're not too far. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, really, on the periodic table, so close. Um, <laughs> but then, then also, the... So, who did it better? Uh, Sam Raimi in Evil Dead 2, at the end when they have the, the, uh, vortex, or... The beginning and end of Monster Squad, where they have a vortex. So here's the thing. Evil Dead 2 came out the exact same year as Monster Squad. I am convinced that they used the exact same effect. That, like, they just made a deal to borrow the effect. One of the movies borrowed from the other movie. Because I'm... The way... So we're going to jump ahead for a quick second. But, like, the way that the truck goes into the vortex at the end of Monster Squad is identical to the way the truck goes into the vortex at the end of Evil Dead 2. How um, many times are we going to expose Sam Raimi as the fucking As many times as it takes for people to start jumping on the bandwagon. That's the answer. <laughs> so uh, so we, we see this fight sequence. It's got some cool shit in it. And then we jump immediately to modern day. Uh, or at least 1987. Um, and that's where we see the most iconic t-shirt of the entire movie, the simple red shirt with Stephen King rules in big yellow letters. Um, I'm going to talk about it right now, Scott. You've proposed the idea that we literally do a duplicate of that shirt that just says Hard Movie Night. <laughs> and uh, I'm saying it because if you guys want a Stephen King rules parody shirt, that just says horror movie night or horror movie night rules, either one, uh, you let us know and we'll see if we can make that happen because I think that that's an awesome shirt. We should do that and then it's not... what's the, what's the um, Toxic Avengers shirt as well? 
Oh, we love yeah. the Monster Hero. <laughs> they are probably the two most iconic <laughs> I... '80s shirts. <laughs> From from shitty horror movies, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, not shitty. Low low budget. Yeah. Um, although I will say that Monster Squad had a pretty sweet budget because the monsters look amazing. And I would say that back to my original question, I think that they the vortex in this film is much higher quality. It doesn't yeah. look just like a plain ass green screen. Well, and that so I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to listen to like my brief talk with the guys from Monster Squad, but they said like this was not. Like a small budget film, like this was a big film at the time that they were making it. Um, and if you listen to their podcast, uh, the first episode is all about them discussing why the two of them think that the movie was such a, a box office bomb when it came out. And the thing that they said was that they think that it was advertised like shit. And if you watch the trailer, I don't blame them. Like they're like, you know, this was a movie that was designed ideally for like teenagers and high schoolers. But, like, the advertising decided to aim it directly at, like, six- or seven-year-olds. And it was, like, too scary for young kids, but it was, like, too kiddie for adults. And, like, there wasn't... And he's like, at the time, there wasn't really a market for, like, horror films for teenagers. It's, uh, so they kind of just it, it, fell through the crack. It would hit the mark perfectly between, like, 12 and 20... Um, but you're not going to get any yeah. of the 12 year olds because it's, it's those 12 year olds that like, I mean, you know, you and your friends, you're all calling each other faggots and you're using the F word and saying dumb shit all the time, <laughs> yeah. but your parents don't want to admit that you're a shitty kid that does that kind of stuff. So they're not <laughs> going to let you go see monster squad. And, and I mean, it's something that you would relate to very, very closely. Right. But your parents aren't going to let you do that. So, I mean, you're going to miss that whole market right there. I mean, it, I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's a hard, hard pitch. That scene, that scene is the most accurate depiction of bullying at that time period I've ever seen. <laughs> Here's the, since I'm the oldest one of the three of us, I was five when this movie came out, and I, I feel like I remember it being marketed towards me for sure. Yeah, you know, like it was kids cartoons and stuff. And rewatching it now, I mean, and, and I saw it when I was maybe seven, you know, I mean, not, not that old, you know, like 88, 89, it was just in the, in the video stores and I watched it and then you're right. It must've bombed because I thought that it was a great film and I thought that it was huge. Like all of my guy friends at the time had seen Monster Squat and we all thought it was the shit and then nothing. It took a long time until, uh, it took a long time until the internet was not new for it to get its comeuppance. Yeah, it didn't even... It, it got... It's like DVD release on its 20-year anniversary was like the first time that it had been made made available in any format since its original VHS release. Like, that's insanity. That's <laughs> so weird. And and Megan had never even heard of it until I think we started dating. Yeah. Well, it was, it was crazy. Like, it was a very niche film for a while. Uh, so let's talk about the bullying scene, because that is uh, one of my favorite scenes. Um, at, so at the time that this is coming out, I'm just a couple weeks removed from going to San Diego Comic-Con. And at every point, every year at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm going to try to get it on camera this year, uh, John and I recreate this bullying scene uh, with a group of friends, each playing uh, the characters, where they're like, Eat it, EJ. Really? <laughs> like, and they, that, like, ah, oh, I love it. I love this movie so much, guys. I can't, I well, can't listen, define how so much I love EJ, it. 
can we all agree that EJ has such a baby douche face? Yeah. He's, well, he like, always exclusively so plays douchebags, right? Because he was like the brother in the Wonder Years. He was the spoiled brat actor in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like, he is yeah. just douchebag all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that he's a fine person in real life, but man, he was typecast. Yeah, he's very strongly typecast, (laughs) and he does it well. He does it very well. I felt a strong sense of satisfaction watching him eat a shitty chocolate bar off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Almost, you know, and and we have to talk about the 90s film that totally lampooned that scene. Well, not lampooned, they just straight ripped it off. Matt, you want to give the honors? Are you thinking of uh, She's All That? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I'll, so so here's a question. So Rudy is in junior high, and he like he smokes real cigarettes, and and later on he he drinks a beer. Yeah, let's I talk think. about Rudy. Yeah, but totally I, I think that this movie kind of awakened something in me because Rudy's hot as fuck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Having, having finally met him in person, he is still good looking, even with his like his gray hairs and all. He, he dude, he, that guy—he's he, a solar fox, though. That's what—that's what you you should yeah, we fucking should hope. All be that when so you, lucky you as to look like fucking Rudy. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I feel like Rudy slayed just so he, he just got so much so much sex when he was probably like way too young to be having sex because he's like oh i'm, a, I'm an actor and i'm a badass in this movie that i was in and he then was, he just had sex for the rest of his life well you know what he was doing before monster squad right because he was definitely getting laid he had to have been he was on kids incorporated with fucking justin timberlake and britney oh, spears yeah, i'm sure that's that that was fucking, just like that's a willy wonka golden ticket to pussy town that's you getting laid like crazy <laughs> <laughs> this is the craziest conversation we've ever had. Imagine him going up, going up to women at bars and being like, "You want to have sex?" And they're like, "Excuse me," and he's like, "I'm in the fucking gang, aren't I?" <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, his character. I once did an article for Geekscape. Probably, the, I think it was the first article I ever did, and it was the most, the five most badass teens in film history, and Rudy was like number one with a bullet. He is so fucking badass in this movie. Dude, you could have just had five Rudys on that. It still would have been a sweet list. <laughs> like, he rolls up on his bike, does the... Like, the... He also lights a, lights a match off of his sneaker, just light his cigarette, and just makes a bully eat a stomped out candy bar with no physical force. Just, like, eat it, we'll and we'll call it a and, day. Like, he knows better than to fucking try and fuck with Rudy, man. Like, you just, you like, he just has that sway, man. He got, Like, it's almost like he glamours the guy. Like, he's a vampire. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's so good. So, so, okay, so we've talked enough about Rudy. We'll talk more about Rudy, because this dude has so many good one-liners. Throughout the movie. Uh, Everyone talks yeah. about how Wolfman's Got Nards is the best quote in the movie. Fuck no. It's I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? That is the, the quote of this movie. Hell yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Quote of the movie has to be Rudy is drinking a beer and he's like, what he's trying to say is have you ever been dorked? <laughs> I, I like that better. Right. Dorks is now going to replace get down to fucking. All right. That... <laughs> There's, oh man, Matt, you were just in in a just get ready to get so much sex. So, just 
just side note, I have to ask, as you're watching this movie, because this is, I haven't watched this movie in maybe like a year, um, as you're watching this movie, was there a part of you that's like looking at that clubhouse and you're looking at the posters on the walls and you're seeing how these dudes are like really confident but have no real like excuse to be confident? Like they're not really that cool and think, man, this is what our lives would have been if we had grown up near each other when we were like eight, eight or nine years old. <laughs> I would have had to been Rudy, though, because I would have been the old one. Yeah, that's what and I was just never happened. Excuse me, do you not want to be Rudy? I still want to be Rudy, fucking <laughs> uh, Here's the problem with being Rudy, is I don't think I could handle that kind of responsibility. Believe in yourself, Scott. I, wanted, I want to talk about the black detective who is... Uh, absolutely the most obnoxious <laughs> character in this movie he needs to shut the fuck up just stop well, he gets just... blown up so it's a I know, and, out a and that, it, I do get a certain sense of, sense of satisfaction out of that, but he just treats a whole movie like this sarcastic <laughs> fucking, I don't believe anything that's going on here, no matter how much crazy shit happens in front of my face, I'm still gonna be, you know, cynical and a real douchebag this whole movie until I die yeah, he, he's like Scully in all of the X-Files <laughs> Um, well, here's the thing about that guy, though, is that he, as obnoxious as he is, he's not as much of a pain in the ass as the mom. Like, she is just lambasting her husband. He's got to go to work. It's not like she has a job. Oh, yeah. Like, you, it's the old cliche. It's the, you knew what you were getting into when you married a cop. It was that, that old fucking thing. <laughs> um, oh, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. This was Maniac Cop. <laughs> uh, and that's been our review of Seven by David Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a, there's a line in this movie um, that is lifted um, directly out of Fred Decker's other film, uh, Night, of, Night of the Creeps. And uh, I, I love the line so much, which is when they're trying to figure out where the mummy went. And the father, uh, almost looking directly at the camera at this point, just goes, a thousand-year-old dead guys don't just get up and walk by themselves! And then it cuts immediately <laughs> to the mummy walking. Uh, walking alone by itself, yeah. <laughs> it's it's that type of comedic timing that makes this movie great. Or Creatures in My Bedroom. Or Mummies in My Bedroom. Uh, creatures Stole My Twinkie That's is the, the best creature-related line. Yeah, but... Well, well, can we also talk about the... Um, I think science is cool. I dig it, man. <laughs> the original fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, fucking, oh, that principle is so good. Uh, Bill, Bill Nye saves the world here in the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to bring this scene up because I love this scene. And I, I always, when I'm thinking about this movie, this scene's one of the ones that I always forget about. But it's a really well done sequence is the airplane sequence uh, where Dracula breaks into the airplane and releases yeah. Frankenstein. That scene's really good. <laughs> like, like yeah, really actually, good. the original the original script for this movie, I don't know if you guys know this. This is a, this is a tip that I found out while looking this movie up for in, interesting facts. The original line, that the Dracula's first line of the movie was going to be is, I'm crashing this plane with no survivors. <laughs> What you don't like the my Dark Knight Returns joke? 
God damn, fuck you guys, you're a tough crowd. You know, I think that we've really glossed over how much child swearing there is in this film. Oh, there's a shit ton of child swearing. I, I'm gonna start rocking through some of these scenes, because we've been recording for 30 minutes, we haven't said a fucking thing about this movie. Um, okay, so I've got uh, the lightning skull face scene. Which is another scene that I really like in this movie where like Dracula's just standing off this cliff and he's staring out across the town and lightning strikes and for a split second his face turns into a skull that's missing an eyeball. Which uh yeah, awesome. really, really doesn't mean anything, it's just a cool scene. Um I think that the iconic image in this movie, like the the image that I always when I think Monster Squad, I think of this scene, is all of the monsters surrounding Frankenstein's grave. Uh, or his yeah. coffin. Uh, that I don't know what it is, but I love that sequence. Um, it, I've talked about it. Really it, down. And it like it's. I, I mean, everything. Like when you say that this movie is like a, a pretty, a pretty good budget. Like the cinematography of this movie is great. The direction in this movie is great. I mean, the actors are doing what they can. Like it's, it's not meant to be taken seriously. So they're they're hamming it up and they're doing a great fucking job here. Like everything about this, I got no goddamn complaints. Not a one. I, my complaint is I wish I was Rudy. That's that's the only complaint that I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, uh, uh, so before my complaint, I do have uh, a suggestion for you, Adam. If you want to be Rudy, there is one way. You could be inside a guy named Rudy. <laughs> what, but through the transitive properties of butt sex, I'm going to be Rudy? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Wow! Science! I dig it, man! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so here's my... You know, almost every episode, except for like episode 100, we're gonna just talk shit on the movies that we watch. Um, Here's my only complaint that takes me out of the Monster Squad, alright? My one complaint of the Monster Squad is that no fucking way could Wolfman drive a car. (laughs) Alright? Are you just quoting the movie? <laughs> like, what? You're just is quoting... that a line from the movie? I think so. Oh, that that is a line from the movie. I was I, I was thinking about where he like kills the guy in the ambulance, and then like, what the fuck are you gonna do? Are you gonna drive the ambulance away? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I had internalized yeah, that line. The scene yeah, where he gets you... blown up with fucking dynamite and then pulls himself back together. It's in, does he have his G2? Can he drive a car? Does he have a proper license? Insurance? What's up? <laughs> fucking. <laughs> this is. These are important things, alright? I'm an adult. These are important things. Whatever. He didn't get killed by a silver bullet, so he's still alive. Makes sense to me. Um. Uh, speaking of the werewolf or the Wolfman, I've got one other thing that I have to shout out because I still think it's like the my favorite werewolf transformation. I've said it a thousand times. The telephone booth transformation is so simple, but it works on so many levels, and I absolutely love it. Uh, the look of the guy when he's like half wolf, half man, and there's like the fucking saliva spilling out of his face as he's on the phone. He's he's coming to kill your son. It's like oh, it's such a good scene. <laughs> God damn it, I love this movie. Hey, so best best uh, telephone scene in a movie discussed by Horror Movie Night. This or uh, The Blob? Uh, I'm going with no, this. No, I'm going to go with The Blob. I really like that one effect that they had in that scene where it like, rubs against the window and you see like the half face. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go with the blob yeah, too, but I mean, it was really just, I wanted to know. Don't pick a winner just yet, because I may, in the future, 
you know, choose Colin Farrell's phone booth for us to watch on this. Uh... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so this movie also does a really good job of humanizing Frankenstein in like a really deep way to the point that like at the very end when when Phoebe's yelling at him to not go, it's like still a really emotional scene to me, when, even as like a thirty one year old. You adult. say humanized, do you mean turning him into Lurch from the Adams family? Is that what you mean? <laughs> well, not just that, but like I'm talking about like the scene specifically where he sees the Frankenstein mask in the clubhouse and he like doesn't like what he sees. Like he looks at it and he's like throws the mask away and is like, No, like I don't know. It, I think it touches on a lot of what Frank, it, what it would be like, like. I don't know. I feel like it, it touches on something that none of the other Frankenstein storylines have ever done, which is like, this guy probably doesn't know that he's this hideous thing built out of different body parts. And like the first time that he realizes that is faced with that, he probably would be just as horrified as anybody else. Okay, so uh, I, I don't want to argue that point with you but i do want to ask you um when was the last time you watched the 1930s uh frankenstein it's been a it's been a bit yeah it's same it has for me too but if uh, i want to say that the whole point of that version which is pretty close to i mean i think it's it's a pretty close approximation of the original source material but i mean at least in the the characterization of the the monster he the, the the whole tragedy the monster is tragic he yeah. is shunned by his creator he's an abomination and he can't even have a normal relationship with anything or anyone like when when phoebe meets him in this movie it's a straight uh a reference to the 1930s frankenstein when he meets the girl and then fucking drowns her yeah. Um, all right. So I have just a few more lines uh, right here. Uh, I have meeting adjourned written down, which is just a fucking dope ass line from Dracula. He's just like a dope ass line spitting masterpiece. Uh, when he yells, give me the amulet, you bitch. It's probably one of the freakiest <laughs> Dracula moments in any film. Um, um, I've said that to my wife many times. <laughs> it took them way too long to decide to use the, the six year old girl as a virgin just to be safe. Yeah. Well, uh, so there's one thing I want to say about the, the Jackula's sweet lines. Um, I know that you guys aren't as big of metalheads as I am, obviously. Uh, but one of my favorite songs by Black Dahlia Murder is, uh, well, it's the beginning, the end of the song right before Death Mask Divine on the Nocturnal album. And it's that line where Dracula finds the amulet and he uh, go, is like... Uh, and there is no one to stop us! You know that yeah. part? And I, I feel like people didn't remember what that was from when Nocturnal came out in like 2007 or 2008. And now, I bet that all the like the younger dudes that listen to Black Dahlia are like, oh yeah, I always like Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you brought it into music, which are the last two notes that I have are that both of the songs that are in this movie, because there's only like two songs in this movie, are fucking awesome. Um, every year I go to RetroCon, and every year at RetroCon, because they have a DJ that's just spinning retro music the whole day, or the whole weekend, I hear Bop Until You Drop every time that I'm at RetroCon, and it immediately puts a smile on my face, because that song is the tips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, 
the song that we've been referencing for uh for over a year now uh like dracula and the wolfman too creature from the back magoon <laughs> wolfman swimming in the swimming pool <laughs> <laughs> oh it's such a good i miss 80s rap songs at the end of horror movies it's so nice and special I sure don't miss them at all, but I can give this one a pass. This is the only pass that ever will be given by me for a shitty hip-hop song that's very, very loosely... Well, no, it's actually written specifically for the goddamn movie. This was one of the originals to do that, though, and this was before that they had realized that that was a terrible fucking idea, and you should not at all do that. (laughs) Listen, well, you guys I, shut your mouth. Thing, Matt still, yeah, Matt still doesn't think it's a terrible yeah. idea. So Run DMC's, Run DMC's version of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two is delightful. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't respect yeah. Matt because Matt doesn't respect himself. So who cares? <laughs> Something strange going on. Something's wrong. <laughs> Matt, you are so white. Just not even the color of your skin. It's just <laughs> so incredibly square. God damn. Alright, so, anything else that you guys want to say about Monster Squad? No, I love this movie. If I ever have children, I'm going to peel their eyes open like fucking clockwork orange and make them watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The Lino Vico treatment for your kid. (laughs) I don't don't think I can say any other other quips to, to let everybody know how much we fucking love this movie. So yeah, we're done talking about Monster Squad. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. All right, so what did you guys watch this week? Uh, I'll go first because I didn't watch anything. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you go because I've got something big to end on. Whoa. Yeah, Matt, you do have something big for me to end on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so, I watched... Uh, so this kind of goes into some of the shit that I watched because of... Uh, I, I want to say it's going to be episode uh, 105. I'm not positive, but... Um, I, this is a great time to talk about another delightful film that I watched that was... I kind of just stumbled across it on Shudder. Uh, it's called Lake Nowhere. I had kind of thought about watching it for quite a while and just had been putting it off because I assumed that it was going to suck. Uh, it's It was made in, I want to say, 2015. It's only 50 minutes long. It's a... Now, I don't want to call it a pastiche of Cabin in the Woods movies, uh, but it's, it's a very loving homage to The Evil Dead. I'm just going to pretty much say what it is call it what it is 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 an homage to evil dead and um it was great like it was 
I don't know how exactly to, to sell it to you guys, but it was very sincere. It was on a shoestring budget, but the people that made it were very obviously film students because it's got a lot of technical prowess behind it to make it look like you're watching a bootleg VHS copy of this like lost 80s Cabin in the Woods movie, like late 70s, early 80s Cabin in the Woods movie. Well, it's movie. like, it's that, Geeks, um, that Geekscape article I wrote. And so long as there's a sincere purpose and a, a sincere, sincere intent behind it, any any bad movie can be fucking awesome to watch, right? Yeah, okay, then, then Adam, absolutely watch it if you get a chance, because I feel like you will definitely appreciate it. Like, Matt will appreciate it, because Matt likes anything nostalgic that's just part of his personality but for you you're a much harder person to sell this to but yes it was incredibly sincere um i don't even know if i would have told them to put an extra 40 minutes on it to make it an hour and a half um it was just fine the way it is you know it was just charming awesome yeah matt take us home buddy so I talked about this briefly on the Facebook page, but I told them that I told everyone I would hold my uh, full thoughts until episode 100. Um, I watched Rob Zombie's 31 recently. And, and um, so I don't hate Rob Zombie. I don't love Rob Zombie. It's not like he's one of my all time favorite filmmakers, but I enjoy House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Uh I didn't despise Lords of Salem, but I don't think it's great. And I thought Halloween was not really the best remake, but it certainly was better than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Uh, this oh, that's a low I, fucking I am bar. of the opinion yeah. that um, Devil's Rejects was a fucking fluke. And uh, every day, Rob Zombie gets further away from God's light and, and makes terrible, yeah. awful fucking <laughs> So, so 31 is the most Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie movie that's ever Rob Zombie. It, like, <laughs> it, it, so the opening shot I actually really enjoyed and was like, okay, maybe this could be pretty good. But it's one of those, like, it's a static shot. It's a really tense, intense monologue for like 10 minutes before like a really brutal murder happens. It's nothing unique or different, but it was just like, it was well done and the monologue was decent. And then it just immediately is like, hey, here's the guy that we cast it because Bill Mosley was busy. Here's the dude we cast it because he had <laughs> other things to do. And here's my wife. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's just such a dumb concept. It's a painfully dumb concept. Um, so I was like, what the fuck does 31 even mean? Well, it's called 31 because the movie takes place on Halloween. That's that's yeah. what 31 means. I didn't even realize that until like halfway through the movie. Um, so it's about a traveling circus or I guess traveling carnival. We've got like a fortune teller and a magician and, you know, a couple clowns or whatever. And, and the Dracula's wolfman swimming in the swimming pool. <laughs> so they uh, get ambushed by a bunch of scarecrows. And all of a sudden they wake up and everybody's dead but four of them. And then there's a bunch of like people dressed like aristocrats, played by Malcolm McDowell and a few other people. And they basically announce that they are going to play a game where it's it's the running man. It's the fucking running man. Is that they have all of these different assassins that are hired in this warehouse. And they have to like defeat the assassins one by one 
for the next 12 hours. And then as soon as it's like been 12 hours, they're free to go and everything's cool. But like the very first assassin is a group of midgets dressed like Hitler. And it just is like, what the fuck is Wait, happening? Did, <laughs> did Kevin Smith write the script? That's what I mean. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's all I could think the whole time I'm watching it. And it just got so boring and so dumb. And every decision sucked. It was just, it was awful. I'm, I'm watching and the like, trailer for it, it the... right now, like, as you're talking about it. And I can just, I can just see it. I can just see, like, how this movie would just devolve into bullshit. Yeah. It's, and, like, here's the worst part about it, is that really... At the end of the day, it's not even that it was a it was a bad movie. Was it like the worst movie I've ever seen? No, I've done a hundred episodes of this podcast. <laughs> but it it was just like, why am I wasting my time? Like it, that that was like what went through my head. Like I my friends were gonna watch it, they're like, Hey, we're gonna put this on. Do you wanna come over? And it was like, hang out with my friends and watch thirty one or sit in my basement and fucking play with myself. And now I'm regretting the decision. Because I would have had more fun just sitting around jerking it than watching this movie again. You know how much I don't want to watch 31 by Rob Zombie? I'd rather watch you jerk it. That's how much I don't want to watch that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. He'll put on his Rudy costume and you can watch him jerk it, alright? Uh, do a little dance. Get like down tonight. Get jerked off. Um, alright, that jerk is. Off <laughs> So that was Monster Squad from 1987. This is episode 100. Uh, normally here we like go down a whole litany of all the different places that you guys can go to check out the show. But I think at this point all we really want to do is sincerely thank you guys for sticking it out for 100 episodes. Uh, you guys really make it worth doing this show. You guys are one of the best fan bases we could ever ask for. And for that, we are eternally grateful. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us for a hundred different episodes of us trash talking and bullshitting over some of your favorite and least favorite films in cinema history. Yeah, honestly, f five years, five years ago when I was one of like three people commenting on a Reddit thread about some <laughs> movie that I didn't want to watch, but I watched anyways out of some weird sense of obligation to strangers on the internet. I didn't think that I I didn't think that we'd get this far. Now I have a constant half chub because I have an <laughs> people people listen to me. I don't know why. I wouldn't if I was them. Terrible idea. But they do. We were called <laughs> we were called insanely popular in an article recently and that like delighted me to no to no end cuz that's not necessarily true but I appreciate that people perceive us that way. What, what fucking article is that? Send me that article. I didn't see that. I, I, I posted <laughs> it in the chat. One out to it right now. Yeah, I posted it in the chat when you were doing whatever the fuck until it was 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry that I was punctual, guys. My bad. What would happen again? All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, next week, we'll be discussing a 4th of July movie that isn't the one that I wanted to watch. Hey. 
Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 